Hi, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we are first-time parents. We are a mid-20s couple living on the east side of Seattle in Washington State. Our baby was born in the spring of 2020, and we are learning how to become parents while continuing our lives of outdoor adventure and home renovations. So come listen to our journey as we learn how to adapt parenting into our lives. Hey everybody, this is Chris and Chelsea. We're back to talk about our son Jamie and his third week alive. That's right. So this episode we're going to kick off by talking about some of the um, growth apps that we've been following that kind of give you a guideline as to what you can expect um, your baby to be doing as each week passes on. So during pregnancy, I use the Bump app just to track each week, and, you know, they give you all the silly produce things. But they have pretty cool descriptions and images of your baby growing. So they actually have a section for uh, after your baby is born and telling you about the different developmental things happening. I'm not sure how far out it goes, but we're in week three, and there are still more ahead. So, yeah, we've been reading the Bump app, like, about once a week. Um, and this week, for week three, it says that there's a three-week growth spurt going on. So that kind of means that your baby will eat and sleep more. Um, but then they also could be a more awake and alert time uh, just because they are getting older and they're not, you know, like, so sleepy and sleeping the large majority of the day, like, in the womb. Uh, colic begins developing at this age. So if you're going to have a colicky baby, you'll probably start to see signs now. Their sight is developing more. So that means uh, things like aren't quite as blurry. Babies really only see focused in the 8 to 10 inch range from their eyes. and But they're starting to get a little bit more focused and starting to see more differentiation in their environment. Uh, crossed eyes are normal. So a lot of babies will start doing that as they're learning to see more. And then uh, for eating, their breastfed babies will eat 10, 8 to 12 times a day. And it's all at different intervals. Uh, it's not really like on a certain schedule, but kind of just determined by baby signals instead. Uh, and then also their sleep can be varying. And because they are awake overall in the day, their sleep periods will be shortened uh, just due to that more awake time. So that's our uh, update from the bump. And then I also got the Wonder Weeks app. That was a book I was planning on reading during pregnancy. Uh, so I, you know, put a hold on it at the library. But then due to coronavirus, our library closed and I wasn't able to go pick it up. So instead, I downloaded the app this week. And it's like three fifty on the Android app store. But I thought that was worth it to kind of get a bit of an understanding on the things that would be difficult and the times that would, you know, maybe cause us some trouble. So it'd be good to know a little bit about them. So the Wonder Weeks, um, the app, the point of it is to let parents know about the developmental leaps that your baby's going to go through. So as a lot of you probably know, uh, babies, as they come out, they're pretty simple creatures. And then they have mental leaps that where they'll be a little bit more fussy or more hungry or more tired, depending on the leap. And they'll seem like a lot more needy for a few days or a week or so, but then they'll come out 
of the leap, uh, being able to do more, understand more, um, whether it's their senses growing or they can sleep for a longer period. Each one is a little bit different. So the app uh, can give you warnings on when the leap is going to come. It takes info from you, uh, like your baby's due date. Everything is based off of the due date instead of their birth date, just because that's uh, they want to like start all babies at the same point, since that's where the scientific studies have shown that the leaps are based off of. So I put in the due date, which coincidentally is also his birth date. And our next leap occurs at approximately four and a half to five weeks. So we're still another week or so out from that. But we're going to look for the signs that the app says, and we'll let you know when we start to see them. And then the other source of information we're using is we're reading Super Nutrition for Babies by Katherine Ehrlich and Kelly Genslinger. So that was a book my mom bought me. She actually saw it online and thought it was uh, very relatable to my kind of like nutritional mindset. So I kind of care about our nutrition a lot. We do a lot of different supplements and things to keep ourselves healthy and uh, really care about the quality of food that we're eating. So she bought me this book thinking that it would help give me some guidance on how to start babies on food in a similar mindset where we're getting him the like top nutrition possible. Um, there's actually a chapter for breastfeeding moms on how to make sure you're getting all the nutrients. And that was another topic that I researched a lot during pregnancy to make sure that I would have, um, all the micronutrients required to kind of give to him in addition to the macronutrients, but wasn't as worried about that. So we started reading this book and I think our general mindset on it is that it seems very strict because it basically says if your food isn't like perfect, organic, sustainably grown, or like super nutrient dense, then it's like only okay. And um, I, I guess I like agree to some extent because it's, you know, it does say that eating uh, high quality fats is good and that organ meats are very nutritional. I mean, the animal products in general are a good new source of nutrition, which I highly agree with. Um, but it's, it's just very strict at the same time saying that, you know, something like nut butter or uh, an inorganic, you know, a conventionally grown vegetable is only okay, but, like, other things that are, you know, like Himalayan sea salt is super nutrition, and that's great food. It also talks about eating unpasteurized dairy products, which I don't even know where you would get unpasteurized dairy products. Yeah, we meant to look. We're going to look at our local farmer's market that's um, down the road here. I'm not sure if it's legal in Washington or not. I haven't looked it up yet. There's many states where it's not legal to buy raw milk. Um, and so it expresses specifically that you should be drinking raw milk. Um, so I'm not really sure how they expect you to, to get that if you live in an area where it's not legal. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it has a lot of good information. The only thing that I have to question about the whole like, you know, organics great versus, you know, non-organic conventional is, you know, terrible is that the the term organic is kind of being overused and almost like discredited anymore because so many companies you know just label their product as organic you know and they you know find all the all the ways to be able to use that tag um and it doesn't it doesn't mean what it used to 
Um, well, so, also a lot of organic operations are actually worse for the environment depending on how they do it. So kind of like the newer, better thing is sustainably grown or it's also called biodynamic farming. So those are even harder to find. You rarely see that, but uh, you, they don't call it that, but you would often see it if you went to like a farmer's market, just because it means that it's grown in a way that's rejuvenating the land and adding nutrients back into the soil versus just like constantly depleting it and like reseeding constantly and causing a lot of strain on the environment. Right. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that it expresses as well that we already do for like a superfood is um, we do buy local eggs from our neighbor down the yeah, street. Yeah, we actually just started a few weeks ago. We saw yeah. a woman on Facebook that was selling her own chicken eggs. And they are like, you know, free range, you know, super, you know, duper great food <laughs> with the like no mega three, whatever, no, you know. No, omega threes are good. So, yeah, so free range, not just cage free. So that means that the chickens have more space. Um, we're not sure exactly how much, but we saw their enclosure. Yes. Yeah. We've been plenty of space to wander. We've around. been to their farm and it looks like they, they are like, you know, pets more than just for profit. So, right. And they're, cool. they're fed very high quality, no antibiotic added, uh, feed, which is also nice. And they're kept outside here in Washington. So they have access to, you know, bugs and grass and herbs on the ground or yeah. whatever else is not, you know, just kept in a feedlot. It's really cool because whenever we're low on eggs, I'll just send her a message on Facebook. And then she, at her earliest convenience, she will go out and, you know, collect eggs like for us and let me know, you know, when she has done so and she puts them on her front porch. And so then I'll go over to get them and like, they're still warm. That's how fresh they are that, you know, she just like pulled them out of their nests. It's also interesting because you don't have to refrigerate um, fresh eggs. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, unless you wash them. Yeah, unless you wash them. So I thought that was interesting yeah. too. And she has many different types of chickens. So now we have like different sizes and colors of eggs every time. And I think they all taste a little bit different. We haven't like actually taste test tested like the white ones are different than the blue ones, different than the brown ones. Yeah. But there's definitely some variation in them and all their yolks are like very orange, right? Um, which is another sign that your egg is just has more nutrients in it, which is really cool. Right. And it's even cooler too, because when we go there, she has the chicken pen in, you know, it's like a very large area that's fenced in and she has goats and all types of other animals in that same enclosure. So it's, it's kind of cool because you just, you get this like small, like farm type feeling when you go over her house, but we're not, you know, we don't actually live. Like, yeah, we still live in the suburbs. Yeah, we live in the suburbs. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been fun. So learning more about nutrition and what Jamie's first foods will be a few months down the line. So getting into just our weeks and his growth and development and all, we actually forgot to talk about last week. Uh, he got his first bath. That's right. That went well-ish. <laughs> um, so, you know, we... Well, so first we tried giving him a bath in our bathroom sink, and it was pretty small. Um, we have this. It's the blooming bath for anyone that's heard of it. It's like a soft, cushiony mat, and it's like made to sit in a sink or tub to sit your baby on to make it, you know, like a soft, cushy, and also like soft to the touch surface. Yeah. And just kind of like keep them safe and comfortable while you're bathing them. 
So we tried that, but it, it was just, he, he actually like didn't have enough space. It was kind of funny looking. So we took him out of that and we, I quick cleaned the kitchen sink. And then, so we transferred him to the kitchen sink. Um, and then as soon as we put him in the water there, then he immediately went to the bathroom. So we picked him up out of it and <laughs> drained the water, filled it up again and put him in again. And then he went to the bathroom again, like the same amount. It was like, what the heck's going yeah, on? He was just like totally, he had gone in the bathroom sink too. He's a little poop it was machine. Just like, as soon as he got in the warm water, like everything just like came out of this little boy. So we picked him up for a third time out and changed the water again. And at this point, his little blooming lotus has little like, you know, yellow streaks all down it. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so third time was a charm. And it went really well. He didn't fuss or anything. He actually seemed to really like it. Um, so yeah, Beth. Overall, it went well. But yeah, it was it was kind of funny to see. Mm-hmm. So that was the first, and then we actually gave him a bath a few days later since his hair just started to look kind of greasy. Um, and that one, there was no uh, pooping in the tub, which was a lot right. better. Right. We must have caught him at a good time. He was already <laughs> empty. Yeah. But we actually changed. I don't know if we talked about it last week. Changed the way that we do his like changing of diapers. I don't think we did talk about it. No. So, uh, so Chris had talked about doing this before, but it's just like not something you hear about. So normally when you like change baby's diaper, you just use wipes, whether they're disposable or reusable, obviously disposable are most common. Um, so we had been doing that in the beginning. And but, but he started to develop like slight, you know, white like rash. A diaper rash, just yeah. like getting a little red and irritated. So we didn't really want that to progress. So I thought, well, you know, what if we just like washed his butt instead of like wipe it? Because, you know, like you get diaper rash because you're like constantly wiping your skin and, you know, it's not really meant for that. So instead we moved his changing pad to the bathroom. And so now if he's all poopy, then you just, I like put him in my, the palm of my hand and like rest his head on my forearm and then, you know, like put soap in my hand and just soap them all up and then rinse them off in the in the bathroom sink. And it actually works extremely well. His diaper rash went away in like a matter of days. And it's so much cleaner. Um, and and he not, actually seems to like it. He actually likes it. If he's like crying or anything, once you put him in the warm water, he actually stops. So that's pretty cool. And then we're not wasting all these wipes. So we have reusable wipes as well um that we got in advance um so we hadn't started using those yet and um so we were only using the disposable ones mostly we had started it because of the tar poop so we just wanted to like get through that but then um once that was done you know it it is really convenient if you're gonna like wipe up poop to just like wipe it up with something you just throw away so anyway so we We've been using the reusable ones for other purposes. Like, for example, you know, it's really small. So I've been using it as a washcloth for him when we bathe him and things like that. Um, we use it to cover up his belly button when it was healing. Yeah, that too. Stains clothes. A little pus discharge, yeah. So anyway, so um, I feel good about this new approach to changing him because we drastically reduced the amount of wipes that we're throwing in the trash and buying. Yeah, so we use more water, but I think that's better because... We live in a place where there is a lot of water. It's not a huge problem. It rains a ton here. And we have a well. So yeah, yeah our well our, is our water is our water. Down the street. Yeah. 
So, so that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I think his first week we went through a whole pack of disposable wipes in less than a week. Yeah, it was like by the fifth or sixth day we had gone through the pack of wipes already. So just to think, you know, like at least 50 plus packs of those per year because he's yeah. going to be in diapers over a year. So it just so very wasteful. We, we actually started this in the second week. Um, but anyway, so we, we went back and forth, we went back bit, and forth but it's, we're pretty solid. Like we would like this method better. Yeah. yeah we were trying out like a couple that. different things, but so anyway, so now we're, um, we're three weeks in and we're still on our second pack and we still have a lot of it left. Um, so by doing this, yeah, we've definitely reduced in our waste. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So going into week three, but on a similar note, we um, we also tried cloth diapers during the third week. So we had, I had bought a pack of disposables of like newborn size for the whole meconium stage and just like getting through that without completely destroying the cloth diapers we have. And that seemed good. And then I kind of figured like, oh, we should at least use up all these newborn diapers. We had given a pack and I had some sample packs as well. So we thought we should use them up. But then as we were getting to the end, we actually tried one of our cloth diapers, just like tested it out on him. And it was like way too big. You know, he was still between eight and nine pounds. And I didn't buy any like specific newborn cloth diapers. So they were still too big because they're like the general baby size, like starting at size one. So, uh, yeah, so they were too big. So then we figured we'll just keep using disposables like while he's in newborn sizes and then, you know, try out cloth diapers again when he gets bigger. Mm -hmm. So we've bought a few more packs of disposable newborn size diapers since and continued using them. But I kind of figured like, oh, well, before we run out of the current stash we have, like let's try cloth again and see, you know, how it works. Like are they going to leak? Are they going to work for us? Um, so we tested them out. And the first one we tried was like this smaller size all-in-one diaper. And that was like, did not work right away. It just like all the pee poured out into his clothes. Yeah. And that was annoying, cool. you know, yeah. cause you like mess up the first half of the day. And so I bought a bunch secondhand and then we have a few new diapers, but I also heard that if you use like a diaper cream or like a detergent that isn't really good for cloth diapers, then they can create a film and actually make the pee run out of the diaper so I'm wondering if they had that on them and I just like didn't know, you know, like from since they were secondhand, like they look totally clean, but they could have like a layer on them. And then, but I'm not, not totally sure yet. So we'll test them again. And then the other one we tried was like a, like a pre-fold where you put like an insert and a cover and that one like kind of worked, but it still seems like it's a little big for him. Yeah. So it worked. Um, like he, he went in it. So then we changed the insert, which is, you know, typically what you do with those. And so th for the first one, it works good. But then for the second one, the pee leaked out of that one too. So we're still not sure if th they do still seem a little big. So maybe we're just trying this a little early. Um, and maybe they'll, you know, like be better once, you know, he's a little bigger. Right. It's um, kind of like there's a little extra space around the leg holes. And yeah, so that kind of like lets it leak out. And then it might be leaking up the back a little bit too. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's still trial and error. We'd like to switch over to that, you know, in the end, just because it'd be a lot less waste and, you know, save us a good amount of money too. Um, especially because when you buy them secondhand, I mean, you're like 
you're getting a really good deal because oh, yeah. typically they don't have like a ton of resale value. You know, you're talking about like diapers. Yeah, but if you only use them for like one or two kids, then you really like they have a ton of life left on them. Yeah, because they're just like you know cloth. Like you have a relatively short period that you can use them for each kid, and then you know you're you're kind of done unless you're someone that has a ton of kids. Yeah. So. I bought some secondhand, I think from two different people on Facebook Marketplace, mm -hmm. and we are finally getting to test them out slowly over here. That's right. Yeah, so that's our current status with all that, all of his forms of being cleaned. Uh, going into his feeding, so he's had some cluster feeding this week, so just times where he's eating, you know, every 15, 30 minutes maybe an hour in between and it's it's like a lot on me but it's really just time it's like nothing crazy um my breastfeeding like journey with him has gone very well so far which I'm very grateful for uh, I haven't really had much pain at all you know sometimes he has like a bitey latch but it's nothing all that painful to me and then uh, my supply seems to be always enough like he's never you know complained I guess that there wasn't enough milk for him. So that's good. And then uh, I also keep herbs around, like a couple of tinctures and teas to help boost my supply. And I also already take milk, milk thistle in a capsule form every day, which can help your milk supply as well. And I drink a ton of water. So I think all those things are helping me. And then I think I'm just like, have good genetics for this as well, which really helps. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the current breastfeeding state, and I am very happy and proud that we are still 100% breastfed, so that's good, too. And then also, on a similar note, I tried out my breast pump for the first time this week. Uh, so I have the LV pump. Chris's mom actually bought it for me a while ago, like while I was just in relatively early pregnancy. But, you know, you're not supposed to pump while you're pregnant, you know, at any time, just because it can induce labor early. So I tried it on uh, to, like, get the fitting of the breast shields right and everything and had to buy, um, like, an extra set of those. But I hadn't tried it until now, like, for real. And uh, I tried it this week, and it's, like, really easy to use. It's cool because it has an app that goes with it, and it's, um, it's a wearable pump. So meaning that most breast pumps, you have to be plugged into a wall and hooked up to all these... Um, tubes this you know, baby's cordless yeah <laughs> and it's and it's bluetooth to your phone yeah yeah so it's it's real cool because i just kind of like put it in my bra and uh turn it on and then turn it on on the app and i can like walk around like this morning we walked the dogs and i had it on and you can't like i don't know do yoga with it or something like anything more strenuous or like where it would shake around but you can do like general like house chores or like um like slow walking and it still like pumps totally fine. And I haven't had like much leakage at all. Maybe like a few drops that run down the front, but it seems to work really well. Um, has options. It tracks how much you're pumping during, and then you just kind of like correct it. So I would pump and it said, you know, I pumped say like an ounce and a half and I just corrected it. Like, Oh, it was actually two and a quarter. So I'm thinking that it might learn and, you know, figure it out a little bit better to have like better uh, monitoring of how much I'm pumping. But yes, it's worked really well. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because they're shaped 
there are two separate units that you charge separately um, and they're shaped like a semicircle. So when she has them on, it just makes your boobs look massive. But <laughs> it's then like way bigger boobs. There's these two blue lights at the top that when it's working, they're lit. So it just looks like it, you almost look like, a, I don't know, like some kind of, you know, crazy superhero character. Like, <laughs> like robot boobs. Robot boobs, yeah. yeah. It's funny because they actually just said on the app when I was looking at it, like yesterday or today, uh, that they have an update so you can dim the blue, like the light that shines, no which is way. a good idea because their whole like thing is to, to make it easier and like inconspicuous. They were pumping because the pumps are also really quiet. Yeah, they you are. You barely hear them. So it is like just silly because you have this pump and... You know, it's it's quiet and it's discreet. There's no wires, but then there's like a super bright light at the top of your shirt, just like shining out. <laughs> so it's probably a good idea that they're making this update to dim that light way down and just make it less noticeable. Definitely. Yeah. So one fun thing um, that's new is that hats fit on him now. Um, previously, yeah. his head was very cone shaped. So the only hat we had that fit him was the one that they gave us at the birth center when he was born. Um, but this week, we tried on um, some of his regular newborn hats, and they actually fit him. So his head looks very round. It's not cone-shaped, but it looks a lot bigger for sure. I feel like his whole body looks a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, like, chubbing out. Yeah. And he's got a little... Got to be approaching 10 pounds real quick. A little chubby belly and some mm -hmm. chunky little thighs. So he's getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, so also during this week, uh, he seemed, I didn't, well, I wouldn't call it colic yet, but he does seem like he needs a lot of attention some days. We just have days where like one of us literally has to be holding him the whole time. Uh, he does like carriers. So we have a Sully wrap and uh, we're trying out some other carriers, but the one we liked so far is the Infantino. And yeah, he seems to like being in both of them. So that's really helpful. So if you need both hands, you can at least stick him in a carrier for those days that he needs a lot of attention. Yeah. We also, we've tried the baby Bjorn and the ring sling. Um, I don't like the baby Bjorn and Chelsea doesn't really like the ring sling. Uh, I think I just need to like watch a video on how to use it properly. Mm. Cause I just kind of like tried it out myself, but then I like saw some other moms on Instagram that use it and it like definitely looks different. Mm. So I think I just need to like put him in it differently and see if it kind of works a little bit better for us. Gotcha. Yeah. So two days this week, he woke up in the middle of the night sweating. Um, and he was, we didn't think he was overdressed. He was dressed, you know, one more layer than we had on, which is typically what you do with the newborn. Right. Um, but clearly he was warm. So um, we took one layer off and then he was in the same amount of, you know, layers as we were. And then he seemed happy. So we thought that was kind of interesting. And we're wondering if he is starting to be able to regulate his temperature a little bit, or at least he, you know, can prefer similar temperatures yeah, to us. Similar temperatures as yeah. us. Cause typically we run warm. So we typically leave our house a little cooler, but we just thought that was kind of interesting since he's a newborn still. Yeah. Everyone warned us that we'd have to warm up our house for our baby when they come. Yeah. But you know, now we're in it and like, he's literally woke up sweating and, our room is probably in the mid 60s because we don't have a heat source directly in there, but we heat like our living space to 68. So it's just kind of funny yeah. that everyone well, thought we'd have to have it warmer. Right. We have a heat source in there. We just don't have it on. <laughs> right, right, right now. Like this, yeah. this is springtime. So right. we don't have it on. Uh, but also in relation to sleep, 
He was sleeping six hour stretches most nights during the first two weeks. And then as soon as we got into this week, it decreased to like four hours or less. So often three or two. But that was a little frustrating, especially the first few nights because he woke up way more often. But at least now we can expect it a little bit. Yeah. So we're hoping we can go back to just one wake up per night since that's what we were basically at before. Um, but we're at like two to three right now. So we'll see how that progresses in the future weeks. And on that note, he, you know, has had days where he's much more needy than he has been in the past, where he basically needs to be held, you know, the entire time or else he'll start throwing a fit. So, I mean, that's okay. We're home and we have the time to spend with him. So if that's what he needs for now, then that's what he needs. Yeah. Not too bad. And at least there's two of us to share that. Yeah, that's what we can pass him back and forth if one of us needs to get something done. Yeah. All right. Also, this week we went on another hike, and it was our longest one yet with my, for my postpartum journey and for Jamie in general. Uh, so it was about four miles. It's one we've done plenty of times since we've lived here, so we know the trail really well. It's pretty easy, you know, to, easy to follow. Um, but it is like an Allenback trail and it's uphill all the way up and then downhill all the way back. And that nearly two miles of uphill felt harder than usual for me. I can say we've also hiked it in a foot or so of snow, like way before I was even pregnant. And that was harder than it felt this past week. So that's good. At least, you know, I'm like progressing with the fitness back, but it was just, a little t- more taxing than usual. Yeah, that hike also, I think, typically takes us like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, like, this time it was pretty similar, about an yeah. hour and a half. But I remember the time we did it where there was a foot of snow, it felt like it took about three hours to do the whole thing. Oh, maybe it It did. felt so much longer. Yeah, yeah, we're just trudging through that. Like, it's crazy. But, yeah. you know, maybe uh, next winter we'll be ready to do it carrying a little kid in the snow. Let's right. see how long it takes. We'll have to get him a little snowsuit. Oh, yeah. So, so cool. um, I think we talked about Chelsea's push present last week. So yes. she got a sandal paddleboard. And so uh, this week um, I got a little rowboat. It's only seven feet long. And so we got Jamie some, um, some infant life preserver stuff and some water shoes. Yeah, and so hat. Jamie has a little lake outfit now. It's this like cute little goldfish uh, life preserver that Stearns makes. Yeah, it's for infants. It's designed to, you know, keep them, you know, upright in the water. But mm-hmm. obviously, we're not planning on putting him in the water. He would just wear it. And so anyway, we're thinking about taking him out on the boat sometime soon. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's he's adorable in his little outfit. <laughs> yeah. So, so cute. But yeah, we're excited to have... We live by like a pretty small lake, but you can take on... Like not gas powered uh, things on it, so right. we'll just be rowing around and enjoying some lake time this summer. Yeah. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is the different car seats that we have. So we we got given one car seat. We bought one off Facebook Marketplace for like fifty bucks, and then we bought a one of the convertible car seats. So the first two are the bucket style. For just about the first year when babies are smaller. Up to 35 pounds. Right. And then we bought on Amazon a new convertible car seat that is, I think it's like 4 to 80 pounds. It's like converts from backward facing to forward facing. It can be a booster seat and all that. So that's the only one we haven't tried yet. But the one we got given for free is Britax brand. 
And that one's in my truck right now. And we've been using that, but it's like, I'm sure like everyone feels this about infant car seats. It's like pretty difficult to put him in it without disturbing him a lot. Cause you have to like sit them upright and then like move the straps around their arms and pull the buckles out and buckle it between their legs. And it just like, there's no way to do it without completely disturbing him and getting him super upset. Cause you're like maneuvering every part of his body into yeah. the seat. And this one is like extremely shallow. So it, it seems like he's like curled over, you know, laying in this thing. Yeah. Um, which actually makes it a Even little more difficult. Yeah. A little more difficult. Yeah. So then in Chris's truck, we have the Chico key fit car seat. And that's the one we bought, uh, like used online, but it's still like well within the expiration date. So don't worry about that. Um, but that one seems it's like slightly easier to put him in and out of it. And we like the, the handle on it better. Just like the way that it like clicks in and out of place. It's easier to maneuver around. And the, so that car seat itself is a little more shallow in the way that. It, oh, you meant the other one was deep and this one's more shallow. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this one seems easier to, to put them in it. Um, and this one, you can actually flip the handle over um, so that it's facing down. So that way, It'll like hold the seat stationary if you don't have it in the base. You just had to have it like on the floor. It'll hold the seat stationary, so it doesn't rock. So it doesn't rock, right. and then it makes it easier to put them in it for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, we're using those style car seats first, just because in our modern age where you can't really go anywhere, you can only run in somewhere for like a minute. <laughs> um, it makes it a lot easier if I'm just like going to pick up takeout. You know, and I have to take him with me to just like have him stay in his car seat and just like hold him, you know, in his little bucket system rather than, you know, the all in one. We'd have to like unstrap him and then hold him and then restrap him just for like a five minute thing. Yeah. So for anything that's like a short visit, which is almost nearly everything except for like the grocery store these days, it is easier to just carry that thing in real quick and then carry it out. But I think when we can go into restaurants or stores for longer periods of time again, I think that we will like take them all the way out of it more often just cause like those bucket things are so annoying to carry around. Like, I mean, yeah. we're both like pretty str- like stronger than the average person and like upper body strength and everything. And it's just like a big hassle to be like leaning to the side and, I don't know. Like, he's not that heavy, but it's just like an awkward thing to carry around. I also feel like if I bring it in with me, you know, and if I sit it down, even like right in front of me, it's kind of like, wait, where's the baby? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's like you never know. And like someone's going to like run past you or like trip over him or like yeah. something weird. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people like put them in stroller inserts. Like I know that's a thing, but. We don't, don't have know. a stroller. Yeah, we're not we're really not, a fan of the stroller thing. We're like, not planning on getting one. Yeah. So far, I haven't wished I had one once. Like, we take a lot of neighborhood walks, and both of us are, like, usually there's almost nearly an argument over who gets to carry him. Because <laughs> both of us are like, oh, I'll put on the carrier. Like, I'll take him. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want to carry the baby. It's more fun, you know? Well, the other upside is that whoever carries the baby doesn't have to deal with walking the dogs. Yeah, yeah, we have you two just dogs. So walk yourself. Like, yeah. So that's nice too. Yeah, but no, he's fun to carry. He's usually really calm in the carriers, and I, I personally would just like so much prefer that because you're not worried about like wheels getting caught on anything. I think like more often than not, we're walking on uneven surfaces rather than like 
really nice flat sidewalks. Yeah. So it just like doesn't seem worthwhile for us to have a stroller. So the big question we get about that as well is like, well, what if you're going shopping, like you're in the mall or something like that? So if you think about it, like anytime you go to the mall or an amusement park like Disney World, they have strollers there that you can rent. So we were thinking about just doing that if we wanted it at that time. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, or like, I don't know if you're worried about somebody taking it. Like, I feel like we wouldn't really be, but some people would be worried about that. There's like thousand dollar strollers. Those are like the nice ones to get these days. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is susceptible for stealing. If and you're, like, nobody's going to steal the, the the stroller that is the property of, you know, the, the mall because yeah, it's not that nice. So anyway, that's just what we're thinking. We're happy that we don't have one right now. They're kind of big. It's another thing to store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it already takes so much longer to leave the house with him, just like making sure he's changed and fed and getting everything he needs. So yeah. there's no need to add like one more thing we have to remember to bring. So right now we have two diaper bag setups. We have one where everything fits in a little fanny pack and it's already loaded. So that's really nice because, you know, typically if it's just like, oh, we'll run out to the store, then we'll just grab the fanny pack, you know, and then go with him and make sure he's freshly changed. Um, And then when we get back, if we've used anything out of it, then I'll just restock it before I hang it back up by the door. And then the other one is an M pack. So it's like a, it's like a backpack basically. And so we're using that as a diaper bag. We've only actually taken that out, I think, twice. Yeah, once when we were hiking. Yeah. The other time it was like a longer, like, full-day car trip. Right. Um, And so that one we don't leave stocked because we still grab the – We put the fanny pack inside Yeah, we put the fanny pack in it, and then I'll just, like, grab some extra things. So I'll just, like, grab – you know, the container of wipes and like maybe a couple extra diapers, even though yeah, we already have some. Extra outfits or blankets. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that only takes like five minutes to throw together. But mm-hmm. so anyway, the, the fanny pack, the quicker one, is already set, ready to go. It's small. Um, I mean, it's like dark green, so it doesn't look that weird to walk around with a fanny pack on. Yeah, I think it's funny how, I think this is going on a style now, but for a while, diaper bags were so like baby style. They were like, pastels or have little animals as if it's like the baby's bag but <laughs> the baby really, doesn't carry it <laughs> the parents carry it like it should be something that's like your style and you know it, whether it's repelling dirt or just like matches a lot of outfits that you have like it makes way more sense for it to match the parent's style rather than the baby like yeah you know nursery theme or whatever you have but it's kind of i think that's less common now i've seen a lot of people with like backpacks or you know, like leather shoulder bags, if that's their thing. So yeah, ours are like virtually hiking bags, um, yeah. which is pretty much our style. And they're just very utilitarian. They're like canvas, so they the dirt wipes off really easily. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. They're good. All right. I think we covered everything we want to talk about today. So I hope you're enjoying hearing our updates on Jamie and everything that we're getting into. That's right. And I hope you'll join us again next week when we go through week four and he will be a month old. And I'm going to give a big thank you to Jamie because he's been laying here trying so hard not to scream this whole time. <laughs> and he did a great job. It's real tough, but he's doing good. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.